But Dad, isn't it time for illegal ham in the face? But bro, where's the banjo? Some Cleveland sports shows try to give you hot takes, but only one can give you a big old piece of hot ham. Welcome to Illegal Ham to the Face. Talking all Cleveland sports. And don't forget our Fat Boy Tuesday, where we also ham it up with some fun food topics. Without further ado, let's serve up some ham. Here are the Ham Boys, Fatty, Fatty. and Big Bry. And Big Bry. I'll tell you what, Bri, hearing that banjo drop never gets old. Oh, I love that song. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into Legal Ham of the Face. I am that fat guy, Jared Fatty Bates. He is Big Bri. What is going on, big fella? What is up? I'm great. How you doing? I'm doing good, buddy. We are, so everybody knows the comments aren't going to be flying out of here. We're not going to get into the comments tonight because Brian and I are pre-recording for his trip to Erie on Thursday. So we are doing this on a Tuesday. So if some news breaks that we're not hip to, we'll get into that here a little bit later. But thank you, everybody, for joining, especially on Network 216 and all of our YouTube channels and everything. Thank you guys so much. Uh, Brian, do you got any shout-outs this week, brother? Uh, no, I don't have any shout-outs. You're saying, I'm, I'm just thinking, as you're saying, um, if news breaks between now and Thursday, I think we're at the time of the year where if we have any news that breaks right now, I think it's bad news, right? I mean, is there it any good be. news that could break? I mean, unless well, the Browns make a big trade or the Cavs make a big trade that, um, you know, increases our odds of winning a championship or brings somebody big in, you know, I don't see the Guardians signing anybody big, but they maybe I'm wrong. Though, so. You got to wait okay. till the headlines. They oh, already did. Right. I did see that. Right. Uh huh. They already did. I won't um, spoil plus, it for the people who don't some, know. Plus, we got some Cavs news too that uh, dropped today, which I'm super excited about. Um, Brian, okay. I don't have any shout outs today either. So we'll just dive right into the show. Yeah. Uh, we'll get this going. Um, let's do our rundown for today. We are going to be talking for February 1st, <laughs> pre recorded February 1st, so January 29th. Uh, Brian and I are going to be talking tonight a little bit of Browns hiring the new offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey. We're going to be talking Cavs, little sprinkle Guardians, talking transfer portal today uh, for Fat Boy Thursday. We are talking uh, our ta- table manners out of date. And then finally, our top three, which is our favorite pops, uh, pop or soda. And depending on how you say it, if you say soda, you're wrong. It's pop. Um, just want <laughs> to get that out there. Yeah, I know. Pop in I've, the Midwest. I, I've had people say soda to me. And I'm like, what are you guys talking about? I'm like, it's pop. They're like, there's soda. And they die on that hill, Brian. They definitely die on that hill. Not worth it. Uh, but right now, we are going to get in our trivia, which is brought to you by City Dogs Cleveland. And let's play the sounder and show our dog of the week.
Like I said, our trivia is brought to you by City Dogs Cleveland. We are doing a little reboot of Angus from last week, Bri. Um, Angus is a very beautiful little pup here. And just playful as playful can be. Please go to City Dogs Cleveland. Uh, help get a city dog adopted. If you cannot adopt a dog, you can always donate. And donate your time if you can, because they always need help. But the kennels are full, people. So please, if you're going to go out, go dog shopping, don't get a puppy. Get a city dog. Look at that, Bri. I love that little. I might have to get one. They have one there called Batman. And he looks just like Batman. He's got like the big pointy ears up. And oh, yeah. Okay. I'm Gotta be Shepard. I no, it's a it's a uh um it's a bully. Really? With some yeah. pointy ears. A pointy French ears, bulldog, everything. maybe? No, no, no. It, no, it would look I mean he looks just like a straight, you know, pit bull terrier. So I'll have to check oh, okay. I'll talk to uh I'll talk to Beth and see what we got going on there. But, Bri, today is going to be a food trivia for you, and uh, we know how we love food trivias. Now, this is going in the condiment range, Bri. All right? Okay. Got it. So, you've had horseradish before, correct? Not very often, but I have. Yep. Okay. So, horseradish was the first commercially packed and sold food by what condiment company? That's still uh, still in business today? Still in business today. Okay. Okay. All right. I got you. All right. It's, it's kind of, it's a curveball because it's horse. I know. Damage. That's what I'm thinking. And it's condiments. So I gave you a hint with the condiments. Yeah. Okay. Got you. All right. Is you gonna be all right with this one? Is that too tough for you? No, I mean I can probably come up with a handful of guesses, but uh I think I'll stick with one. A little bit of a curveball, but um nothing crazy. Not like it's a chocolate company or something like that. So that is true. I'm hoping. I don't know. Maybe it could be. Maybe I'm wrong. Know. Never know. They might make chocolate. I'm not sure. What year? Do you know the year? Um no, it does not have the year here. Okay. All right. Okay. curiosity sorry about that uh let's get into our cleveland headlines man we are this is this is easy right now doing a quick show like this bry this is kind of like we're only six minutes in it's kind of just nice just you know just Move it right along. along so we're yep. going to keep it keep it going so let's get into our cleveland headlines All right, so our Cleveland headlines tonight, Bri. Uh, first and foremost, we're going to go Cavs right out of the gate. Man, the Cavs are still on fire, Bri. Uh, they just beat the – they lost to Milwaukee once, came back and beat Milwaukee. Now they beat the Clippers. Man, they're on a tear. And I put out on uh, Twitter, Bri, and I know you are kind of got the same sentiment. They keep this up, man. East Conference Finals keep going. They got one good news, Bri which was Evan Mobley is back. Mm -hmm. But there's other good news that broke today. Darius Garland will be back tomorrow playing for the Gavs against the Pistons. So we're healthy again. Levert is playing good. 
I'll tell you what, the guy's outside shooting, but the one person that has blown my mind so far with this Cavs, Jared Allen. We talked about trading Jared Allen, getting him out of here, getting something for him, getting a swing guard. He is a double-double machine, and Nick Carnes came up with one of the best stats I have ever seen, Bri. The last time that he did not have a double-double was December 5th, 2023. Wow, impressive. Right? Wow. Like, okay. it's a month. It's almost too much straight of double-doubles. Yeah, he's, he's a stud. He's playing like a stud. Um, I don't know. I, I would still trade him. Um, <laughs> hey, sorry to bring you down. Sorry to bring the the podcast to a halt here. But, um, yeah, I just feel like uh, him and Evan Mobley are kind of the same thing right now. Until Mobley can develop an outside shot, it, it's a duplicate. It, you know, Mobley's numbers would be probably a lot better if Jared Allen was not on the team. Um, as great as he's playing, I'm not saying he's not playing great. I'm not saying he's... Um, you know, uh, underwhelming or anything like that. It's nothing about him as a person, as a professional, nothing personal. But, yeah, I just feel like who's more part of your future? Um, in today's day and age, you don't have – not many teams have two post players that can't shoot outside of 15 or 18 feet. There, there's room for one of those guys. And, yeah, if we want to do, like you mentioned a couple weeks ago, the one first unit, second unit, that's fine, but I feel like that means we're underutilizing one of them, if not both of them, if they're just completely split in time, 50-50. So, yeah, unfortunately, that's kind of the way that this roster has broke. And the same might be able to be said for uh, for Garland and Mitchell because Mitchell, since Garland's been out, it's it's looking more and more like uh, Mitchell's like kind of a Damian Lillard, uh, you know, a point guard that can score. Uh, yeah, he's had, I think, did he have like 12 assists or something last night? Yeah. Um, he's getting a couple du- double-digit assist games lately, um, so he could pass the ball. Um, so, yeah, it's just like, you know, okay, yeah, you don't want to take mul- minutes away from him and give them to Garland, but so that means they're both going to have to be on the floor at the same time, so you're basically going to have two post players and two point guards, and then you know, one shooter. So I don't know. It's been something we've been worried about for a while as Cavs fans. How's this roster going to come together and going to shape up? And, you know, certainly we have our concerns about how it's looked the last year in the playoffs. But like I said last week, I I think nothing's going to change. I think they're going to give it another go with this roster. And, you know, it's going to be about, getting physical in the playoffs and pushing people around, holding your own. And it's also going to be about the, uh, the role players stepping up. And so far this year, they have stepped up. Okoro last night had an amazing game. I think he had, yeah, looked at halftime or something and he had like 14 or 17 points at halftime or something. So yeah, he can have games like that. Night. Levert can have games like that. Uh, Sam Merrill can have games like that. Uh, Yang can have games like that. You know, they just we just need the consistency because as we go back and think back to the LeBron days, you know, we see these guys do great things in the regular season, but then they turtle up and go into their shell in the postseason. So 
Yeah, I'm getting excited. I'm more excited this week than I was last week because we beat two good teams in the Bucks and the Clippers. But um, I don't think I'll be completely bought in or completely flipped a switch, as uh, some may say. Until <laughs> uh, gotta flip that switch. I, I don't think I can. You know, unless maybe the only thing that can make me do it is like if we play on a big stage, like we play at Boston on a Saturday night on national TV and we win that, you know, it would take yeah. a lot. It would, because the NBA anymore, it's all about circumstances. Like, okay, why did we blow out the bucks that one night? Well, because Giannis wasn't playing because he was taking a personal rest day. Okay. Why did we beat, um, you know, the Clippers? Well, you can point to, they were playing a great game <laughs> in Boston and they were just kind of worn out and, you know, we caught them on a road trip. And so anymore, it's just like you can't you have to, like, quantify all these regular season games as, OK, yeah, maybe we didn't get their best shot because of this. And so I I don't know. I, to me, the regular season is way too long. A lot of people say that when you got guys taking games off and not trying and, you know, they might play in a game like uh, the Lakers on Saturday night. They had that great game against the Warriors. And they won that, and they won the in-season tournament, but then they're losing games by, I don't know, what, 30 points to the Rockets, too. So, yeah, yeah. to me, it just points that, you know, call me an old man. Uh, regular season is just too long. But like I said in the past, they'll never shorten it because it's all about money. Yeah. Well, the thing that impresses me most about this team, Bri, is just the way that they're, play- they're playing defense, Bri. And I know the NBA isn't like – it's the NBA. I get it. Like, but this team is just doing something special right now. And it's like, you know, you have your two stars. And one thing that really threw me for a loop, do you know, Jared Allen's only 25. I felt like he was like 30. That is a little surprising. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, I feel like how long has he been on the cast? At least four years. And I remember yeah. him with the nets before then. So he must've came into the league awfully early. Yeah, there's an unreal seven six wingspan. Man, you want to talk about that's nuts. Is that right? Seven six wingspan? He's six ten, has a seven six wingspan. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. Maybe because I I kind of ding him sometimes for being a little too small to be a post player, but if he's got that kind of wingspan, you know, that makes up for a lot. <clears throat> Someone down the pipe there. Now I gotta wonder, can you hear this? As it plays, I don't know if it will. Now come on, Cam. Uh, well, no, I got nothing on that. my side. Maybe, maybe they can hear that on the. It might be back. on mine. I might have to get that. You gotta like that switch up, Bry. Flip the switch. Get excited for this team. This team is playing. It's playing great at home which is great for the Cleveland area and especially people going down to see the game. I got to get excited about him, Brian. I got to get pumped up for him because sure. right now, you know, the doldrum of the NFL offseason and everything else, it's just like you need something to get you hyped up. And we, we got news from the Guardians, which is like, okay, news. It got you a little hyped up. But this is what you got right now is like the Cavs. And right, right now, yep. as hot as they're playing, you got to ride that heat wave and just be, just go support them, like share, retweet, you know, just be in, watch the game if you can, or figure out how you can watch the game if you can, which is the best one. But 
we like you said, we got to get them on national TV more often and see what they can do on national TV because I don't know when their next one is. I'll have to search it up here. Is it the Celtics on national TV is the next one? I don't know, to be honest. Um, that would be great. I would look forward. I love watching, you know, whenever they're on uh, national TV, I'll watch them. But like we were talking before the show, I don't have – you have Spectrum, so you're able to see them. Um, I do not, so so I can't see them – too regularly unless i go on one of those websites and uh pull up their game um but yeah i'm not i I apologize i'm not trying to throw water on anybody's good time or anybody's expectations because this is the only show in town for cleveland sports for the next two and a half months um at least if not longer hopefully longer into the playoffs but um yeah they're playing great what more can you ask from them they're beating the teams that are in front of them so you know, we'll handle the playoff expectations when we get there. But certainly you're allowed to get excited about this team right now because, you know, they're doing what we all hope they can do, and they're beating some pretty good teams along the way. So what, we're 37 games in? Is that 47. So we're more than halfway in, right? hmm So you got the second half of the season. And right now, with the games they got coming up, they're playing Detroit uh, tomorrow night. Let me pull it back up here. Detroit tomorrow night. Then they got the Grizzlies Spurs at 8.30 p.m. on Saturday. And that might be your televised game right there at 8.30. Okay. Um, Yeah, I mean, they're trying to get Wemby on TV probably as much as they can. So I wouldn't be surprised. That'd be a fun game to watch. Heck yeah, it would be. Mobley versus Wembley. See if they got another one coming up. That's a little oddball. Timberwolves. No, no. Ooh, Cavs and Nuggets, March 31st at 3.30 p.m. That would be a afternoon game on, uh, what, probably ABC, right? Yeah, you said March 31st? March 31st at 3.30 p.m., and then it's followed up by April 2nd at 9 p.m. with the Jazz. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, they have, um, they have a pretty easy schedule, uh, coming up. Uh, you just mentioned probably three of the worst teams now that, uh, Morant is out for the Grizzlies, um, with them and the Pistons and the Spurs, those, you should write them in as three wins. So, you should. um, yeah, I mean, I know I kind of poo pooed it last week, but, uh, but there's opportunities if they keep playing this well. They could get into the three seed. Who knows? Maybe the two seed if uh, if either Milwaukee or Boston kind of slips a little bit or they start dealing with some injury issues. Uh, so, yeah. So, yeah, definitely be excited about this team. And hopefully we get uh, we get healthy, we stay healthy, and, uh, and they just find a way to all work together. Um, because I think their their record and who knows what you can attribute this to the record with our our main four guys our big four healthy is like 14 and 13 oh, so yeah. that's not good um and then you know you look at the record when one or two of those guys are out and it's much 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 better but um it's it'll be interesting it'll be interesting to see and certainly we got opportunities now um with these winnable games to kind of get our footing to kind of ease into it a little bit and uh just figure out how to play together again 
Yep, we just got Ruta Moen, Bry. So get another win tomorrow night against the, well, we'll find out Thursday. But beat the Pistons and just keep the train rolling. That's all you can do and win at home. That's the best thing you can do. Um, we did get some breaking news about the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, Zach Meisel reported the other day that Cookie Carrasco is back as a Cleveland Guardian. They have signed him to a spring training spot roster. He will be joining the spring training team. Coming back, uh, Cookie is coming back to be a Guardian. Uh, Brian, I actually like this move. Um, I don't know how much Cookie's got left in the tank, but as young as our pitching staff is, it is nice to have a guy that has been here, has pitched in Cleveland, and can help out these young kids with a little bit of veteran presence. What do you think? Yeah, all all over, all together, it's it's a feel-good move. Um, you hope that he can find the magic that he had when he was back in Cleveland, and I think he kind of had a rough time with uh, was the Mets that he was with. I think he was included in the um, the Francisco Lindor deal. But, um, but yeah, he was great for the city. We loved him. We got behind him. You know, his cancer diagnosis, his, uh, you know, his battling that, it was – you know, it was like we all came together as a family and we all got behind him and gave him motivation. And he, hopefully he got strength from the city being behind him. And, yeah, it, it feels like a family member coming home and, you know, anything that he can do on the mound and on the field um, is just kind of extra because it's just great to have him back. And, yeah, hopefully he can get out there and pitch couples, give us a couple starts throughout the year, even win a couple games would be awesome to see. But um, but right now, yeah, it's just – it's good to have him back. You know, did you say they signed him or traded for him? No, they picked him up. He was a free agent. So he they was, just, okay. Yeah, so they picked him back up and signed him to the practice squad. So uh, the yeah. one thing I like about it, Bri, is if you think about it, you know, they don't have that many veterans – there in the bullpen and if you get him as a long reliever in the bullpen you know i think that sure. will work out great and give you know how they like to do their bullpen games where you can have him come out for three innings and just you know three three and three see how it goes but I, like you said city was behind him he was great here never had any problems here loved the city of cleveland um was here for most of his career and then he went to the mets now he's back. Uh, I'm just I'm happy to have him back. He was one great person. He really was when he was here in Cleveland. So it's nice to hear that news. Um, let's get into the Browns news, Bry. Uh, they finally ended up with a offensive coordinator. They hired Ken the man Dorsey. Uh, played quarterback here from 06 to 08. Lost the 2002 National Championship game to Ohio State because he couldn't throw the ball away quick enough. Um, are you glad to have Ken Dorsey back here in Cleveland as our offensive coordinator? Yeah, I am. I, I'm not doing backflips over it or anything like that, but I don't know anybody who says they're disappointed or, you know, unsure about this hire. I'd say, yeah, what more did you, what more were you looking for? You know, what, what did you want? This is a guy who has experience as a player and a coordinator in this league, has had success with guys like Josh Allen and Cam Newton, um, both guys who of which kind of are similar to what Sean Watson is. Um, you know, their body type obviously is bigger, 
but they're very mobile. They run a lot. Um, so, yeah, and like I said last week, I think a lot of us who are paying attention kind of think he was maybe the scapegoat last uh, year with Buffalo to where it's not Ken Dorsey's fault that they lost to um, to the Broncos on a last-second field goal when they had 12 men on the field. It's not his fault that Josh Allen's throwing a bunch of picks and, you know, they felt they had to make a move and God bless them. Thank you for, for doing that. Because I think whether Dorsey's calling plays or not, I think he brings, um, you know, maybe just a different mindset, a different thinking to that room um, at, to help Deshaun Watson, to help Kevin Stefanski, you know, hopefully just give them new ideas and well, yeah, he, he's coached. He's been the offensive coordinator, quarterback coach for some successful offenses in the league. So, yeah, I don't I don't know what more you're really looking for. Um, but, yeah, I'm happy with it. I'm not going to – time will tell whether it's a great move or just a good move or a kind of, you know, just a whatever move because I can't sit here and tell you that, man, I'm, I'm bummed that Alex Van Pelt is out the door because – what really did the offense do last year? Joe Flacco throws a great deep ball. We all knew that. He still has it. He still has that great deep ball. But that was about the only thing in our offense that worked um, other than Nick Chubb. So the one thing I maybe worry about a little bit is with Buffalo's offense, uh, they weren't too keen on running the ball as much. But I think coming to Cleveland, they say, hey, look at our running back. Look at our offensive line. And it sounds like, fingers crossed, they're going to be keeping uh, Bill Callahan around, which this time last week we weren't sure about that. So if they can do that, that's a huge win for the Browns this offseason. But, um, but yeah, I, I can't imagine they're just going to ignore the run like they did in Buffalo with him. No. And the thing that gets me is, like, I, you know, Brian, I, I'm more on social media than you are. And just hearing the uproar, because everybody was like, a lot of people were excited about getting King Dorsey. A lot of people were down on it. Just like, you're really going after this guy that ran Buffalo into the ground and blah, 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 blah. And you're sitting there here. narrative. Like, and, and, and But see, thing, the thing is, is, okay, they hired an offense coordinator. Let's be honest. Kevin Stefanski is still going to call the plays. So what does it matter? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, was he going to set up the game plan for like the, you know, first 15 and all this other stuff. And like, I, I get it. Like, I'm like you, I'm like, I'm okay with it. I'm not super excited. I'm not down on it. I have to see what happens. But like right now I'm just kind of like, eh. like, okay, we got our offensive coordinator. Well, now that we got that, we can start getting stuff ready. Like I'm glad he, what he did for Cam Newton. I know what he did for Josh Allen. I'm not saying that he can't be a good offensive coordinator for the Cleveland Browns. I'm not saying anything, but there was a time for a change for this team. They did it last year with the defense. The offense kind of staled out there at the end of the year, which we had no run game whatsoever. Um, and you and I were harping about it because, you know, Cream Hunt, they were only rushing for like 40 yards a game with their running backs. I mean, we had one game where, what was it, uh, Jerome Ford rushed it like 15 times, only, you know, got 26 yards. It's like, what are you going to do with that? You know, there's not much you could do. So it's a fresh set of eyes. It's a fresh person, fresh body in here, along with their tight end coach, and now do Staley, the running back coach. We got a revamped offensive room. We'll see what happens, Brian. I mean, that's all we can do. See what happens and see if it translates on the field. Now, 
Do you think Stefanski is going to give up the play calling to Dorsey? I would be surprised if he does. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Maybe eventually, but not this year. I think he's he's just too new to the room, too new to the building. Um, and he has to maybe understand how Kevin Stefanski wants to run the offense and understand the personnel that we have. And so that might take a year. So I, I would say hopefully um, by next year, he's calling. I mean, after this next season, next off season, hopefully Stefanski is comfortable enough to turn the reins over to, uh, to Ken Dorsey. But yeah, that's something I, I always thought was kind of weird with, uh, with Stefanski and Van Pelt because they were so together for so long. You would think that Van Pelt would know how Stefanski wanted to run his offense. And Stefanski would feel well enough to say, okay, you know, I've protected my baby long enough. You know how I want to run it. You know the plays that I would like to be called. Here you go. Take it and run with it. Take one one giant thing off my plate so I don't have to worry about it. And here you go. And so, but he never did. So hopefully the Stefanski and Dorsey um, relationship goes better than that. But yeah, I think it'll take a year or so. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd be super surprised if he let go of that role this offseason and just handed it over to Dorsey. But I'd probably stick my excitement level at like a 7, 7 out of 10. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I honestly, if you ask me what's a 10, I'd, I don't really have an answer for you. Yeah. What's a 10? Like getting Andy Reid as our offense coordinator, getting Mike McDaniel as our offense coordinator, like – for the people that don't like it, I'd say, okay, you're not excited about it. What's the what's the home run? What's the grand slam for you um, as far as offensive coordinators? Because I don't think there's one out there that, like, we would all just throw our hands up and have a parade for. Yeah, like not even Bill Belichick I would get excited about being the offensive he's coordinator. defensive guy. I, yeah, I, he's I, defensive like, guy. Mm, mm. Speaking of that, he still doesn't have a job. Um, yeah. <laughs> crazy for that. Same I'm with just, Rabel, too. I'm telling you, it's crazy. I'm kind of curious, right? Well, there's still Seattle and Washington left over. We'll see what happens with those two. Mm -hmm. I'm just kind of curious. Like, you know, you said with Van Pelt, he was with Stefanski for four years. You figured after a while, like, I, I'm, you're the head coach, Bry. Okay. I'm the offense coordinator. You and I have been playing football together for four seasons. You figured after like season two, you would trust me enough to start calling plays or doing something. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing. We didn't know what Van Pelt actually was doing behind the scenes. We don't know if he was setting up the game plan for the week. We don't know what was going on in that situation, but we do know he wasn't calling plays. So at that point in time, it's like, you know, you know, it's been four years. You figured you at least get a hold of the play calling. Was you think Stefanski's that just anal that he just doesn't want to give it up it's very possible um yeah you know <laughs> we hear Stefanski every week talk to the media but nobody really knows Stefanski we all know somebody in our life who loves to be in control maybe Stefanski is that guy maybe he loves to be in control and it's hard to really argue because he's gonna go down with the ship he's gonna go down um if the team sucks on offense, people are going to say he's an offensive coach. Why is your offense struggling so bad? So he's going to say, okay, we're going to go down with me making the shots and I'm not going to trust it to anybody else because that would be putting 
my career in somebody else's hands. So I'm going to do it exactly how I want to. You know, it, it would just be nice if he had the the confidence and the faith in somebody else to, um, you know, to come in. Because we're all looking for the same thing. We're looking for the offense to be better this year, this next coming year, 2024, than it was last year. Um, and so I'm just, you know, we can talk ourselves into, and we probably will talk ourselves into Deshaun Watson, another year in Kevin Stefanski's system, getting our offensive line healthy, getting Nick Chubb back. Maybe it'll be different, but um, yeah, I think they, I think he needs to have an open mind if, if things aren't going well after about a month to bring in Ken Dorsey, maybe not completely turn over the keys to the play calling uh, to him at that point, but, uh, but yeah, let him in the room a little more and uh you know really pick his brain for all right what's what works for you in carolina what works for you in buffalo how can that translate to this offense because in all honesty we should be better um than carolina and buffalo they didn't have crazy great playmakers now we're, we're lacking on the wide receiver and i'm sure we'll talk a lot about uh that position in the off season but um as of right now if you can get Amari Cooper back, maybe one other guy to step up. I think you'd have at least an average wide receiving room. Yeah, and time will tell, Bry. Uh, that's all we could do. Time will tell because it's going to be a long offseason for us. Uh, speaking of offseasons, Bry, the conference championship games are done. The Super Bowl is set. you got your Kansas City Chiefs versus your San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Brian, the only big takeaway I got from these games was pretty much the Detroit, the, the Detroit game. God, I feel so bad for Detroit. Um, they came out and just punched San Francisco right in the mouth. And then they just, I don't know if they forgot what offense they were running or what the hell was going on, Brian, but they stopped running the ball because they had three headed running backs right there. You had a couple of fluke plays that just bit them in the ass, like the catch off the helmet uh, for the interception with Ayuk, and then the very next possession, the fumble. But then also going for it on fourth and three when you could have tied the game up, going for it before that on a fourth and two. But Dan Campbell's been that aggressive. I mean, what's your takeaway from the games this weekend, Brian, between Baltimore and everybody? You know, how do you feel about the games and how you feel about the Super Bowl? Yeah, I guess with my uh, my takes for the weekend, just starting right there, you mentioned the Detroit-San Francisco game. Uh, yeah, I mean, Detroit had it locked up in the first half, and they they had a chance to score and go up 28-7, to and they settled for a field goal. Who knows if that was really the difference or that would have affected the outcome at all, but to me, the biggest play was the fumble um, because that just completely – shifted the momentum san francisco comes down they scored a pull within one after being down 17 and a half and then you know you give them a short field to tie the ball game up and you know th they did it pretty easily and just you know you can just see um detroit melting down and it was it was crazy to me because again once again san francisco was the one team that i was surprised by the most um this weekend because Detroit did whatever they wanted to in the first half. They, I mean, they put on offensive clinic, San Francisco, this great defense, all these pro bowl players could not stop them at all. Um, 
But then, you know, there's something to be said in the second half that one team has been there before, one coach has been there before, and one team has not. And so that's kind of what happened being at home. I'm sure helped them out a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, it, it's a sad story for Detroit, for everyone pulling for Detroit, which was you and me. Um, and, you know, it's kind of like uh, we had a rematch of a couple years ago. Uh, Kansas City taking it to Baltimore. That was a little surprising. I think the most surprising thing was maybe just how well the Kansas City defense played. And Lamar Jackson really shrinking again in the playoffs. Uh, but I think it was a little bit of both. I think it was Lamar Jackson just not coming through. And I think that Kansas City defense, like I said last week, is is underrated. They're pretty good. They got some pretty good cornerbacks. Um, and they got Chris Jones up front. So I wouldn't count them out. And then the offense just makes enough plays. And Mahomes, uh, you know, keeps making plays to Kelsey, keeps keeping the play alive and have finding first downs, keeping drives alive. And, you know, it's just, it's almost impossible to kill them when he's playing, you know, you need, you need a fluke play to go your way, um, knock them off the pedestal and cause he's not just going to hand the ball to you. So yeah, Kansas city, San Francisco, I don't know. Maybe we'll probably get into it next week. So I won't we'll get really into it next week, get into too much of breaking down that game. But, um, but as far as this past weekend goes, it was, I think I, I think I picked both teams to win, but certainly San Francisco surprised me. They're, they're not looking good. They, mm-hmm. they had to come back to beat Green Bay at home. They had to come back to beat Detroit at home. So uh, I'm a little surprised that they're favored in the Super Bowl, to be honest with you, because they they do not look good. No, but you got to give it to them, dude. That toughness. Being down 17 points at halftime, 24 to 7. Brian, that team could have just folded it right there and just been like, I'll tell you what, though, they got back right in with the momentum. And like you said, I think the fumble was the big turning point. But, you know, a couple like I just felt like Detroit just got away from their rushing game. Like they were cutting them up on the ground. And then next thing you know, in the second half, they were like, "Okay, well, we're going to pass for 400 yards. And it's like, what are you guys doing? You guys ran the ball great in the first half. Why are you guys stopping it? And it just seemed that way because every time it was like, first and 10 they're trying to take a shot downfield well now it's second and 10 now we're going to try to throw a cute pass now it's third and 10 and guess what we're punting again it was like come on guys um i do feel bad for what was it reynolds is his last name dropped mm-hmm. two big passes i mean hit mm-hmm. him right in the hands on a couple of those um but yeah i was hoping for detroit you know because who else has had a shittier time being a fan than the browns the detroit lions um but I got to say, I mean, live by the sword, die by the sword. And Dan Campbell has been aggressive all sure. the way throughout everything. And I'll tell you what, he did not let up. Um, no matter what happened, he was still going to be aggressive. And I, I think he killed his team. But, you know, you got to take it as it is. <coughs> Sorry about that. Um, let's see here. Now we got into, we'll talk about Super Bowl next week. We'll get into Super Bowl foods next week, too, Brian. That sounds sure. good. Um, we do got to talk about the college transfer portal, Brian. And I wanted to bring it up last week. Ohio State has just shelled out like $25 million for the transfer portal, getting in quarterbacks and running backs and defensive ends and tight ends and blah, 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 blah. 
And normally, as a fan, I would be super excited, which I am kind of excited because they're just loading up for next year and trying to win it next year, and I get that. The one thing that gets me about the college transfer portal, Bri, I get that kids can do whatever they want, name, image, likeness. They can bounce out whenever they want, just like coaches can leave and take other jobs. They got to put a cap on this at some point in time, Bri. It seems like every year it is just musical chairs all through the college football. And how can you root for a guy? And next thing you know, he's transferring to a different school. Um, it's it's crazy. Um, I thought I liked it at the beginning because it kind of even out the playing field, I thought. Because if you get a five-star at Alabama, that's not getting his due, not getting on the field. He might go to a smaller school like, you know, let's say South Carolina, you know, and be a star there. We've had a couple people do that. But, I mean, I don't know, Brian. I mean, how do you feel about the college transfer portal, bud? Uh, I mean, if you really think about it, it's to be expected that it turned out this way. Um, But, yeah, something has to be done. But then I think of baseball. Nothing's been done about baseball. I compared it to baseball last year. It's worse than baseball now because baseball, at least you have – three, four, five-year contracts right now. I mean, everyone's excited about this quarterback coming from Alabama. He may never play a down for Ohio State. He, oh, he, might, be a, he might be a Quinn Ewers um, and just come collect his money and then next offseason decide he wants to go somewhere else. So, yeah, you know, you try to get excited about all this, but, you know, it can change very quickly. And so... Yeah, we all thought maybe it'll level the playing field a little more, and maybe it will. But uh, but to me, it's just the rich get richer. You know, uh, yeah. Ohio State can buy anybody they want. They're the Yankees yeah, now, like whether it. you like it or not. They're the Yankees. Um, Georgia is going to be the Dodgers, and you know who knows if Alabama will keep up with them and be like the Red Sox. But yeah, it's just. You know, who's got the most money? I'm surprised, and maybe we'll see it over the next few years. Um, I think Oregon. I would think Oregon would be a huge player in this because they got the Phil Knight money, the Nike money. He's getting up there in age, um, and so he's going to want to see a championship. So just shell out a bunch of money. So, you know, in, in reality, if there's no parameters at all, you know, what's to stop uh, – Jeff Bezos or some really rich dude uh, endorsing their college and just giving them a hundred million dollars to go blow on a, a bunch of uh, 18, 19 year old kids and go win a national championship. Um, um, that's the one thing I'm kind of worried about. Cause that's kind of the slope that we're starting to go to, because I mean, supposedly it's NIL money and it's not from the school. As I use air quotes, it's coming from fans and boosters. And I use air quotes again. Uh, we all know what's going on, Brian. They can say what they want. Like Tennessee just got a little bit of trouble about this with the name image likeness. They just broke today. Um, they're under investigation and all this other stuff. And you know what something? A joke. How, how are you going to investigate this stuff? <laughs> I don't know. NCAA has nothing better to do. I mean, I, I not because it's Tennessee, but uh, but it's the wild, wild west. You oh, just yeah. shell out money to whoever you want. And the NCAA wants to pretend like they still have some jurisdiction somewhere. And it's like, <laughs> nobody really cares. Everyone's doing backroom deals and this and that and shady stuff. But it's just, what can you do? 
the the one thing I'm kind of curious about, Brian, is do you think like you know for the longest time, you, like the NFL, you can't get in the NFL unless you're a junior in college, correct? Correct. Or redshirt, mm-hmm. whatever. Redshirt. Uh, three sophomore. three years removed from high school. Three years removed from high school. Okay, and mm-hmm. there's a reason why that rule is there because you know kids cannot play with grown men. I it's just you put an 18 year old out there with a 30 year old man that's pissed off. An 18 year old's going to get hit pretty hard, even though he could, might be the best player ever. Still going to get hit pretty hard. But what I think they should do, Bry, is if you are going to transfer out and use this transfer portal the way it's supposed to be, you can only do it once. You got your one transfer right here. You choose. If you're not playing here, you're wanting to transfer to USC and play at USC. Well, guess what? That's where you're at. You're staying at USC from here on out. You cannot go your junior year and go, well, they're not playing me and I'm riding the pie and pony. I got to transfer again and go to a different school. And it's like, okay, well, at that point in time, like I get it as a kid, you want to actually get playing time and stuff like that. But this is also a decision that you have to make of what team and how good you're wanting to be to be on the field. So I, I don't know, Brian. I mean, like I just, it's not that I miss the old days of college football where it's like the hush hush money under the table, but it just seems like stars are just leaving every college. And I'm not even Ohio state, like Quinn yours leaving Ohio state going to Texas. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just one of those things. It's like, okay, but you, you made a commitment to come here. You were here for four months realizing you're not going to start and then you're leaving again. Okay. You know, should there be like a sit out period? That's what I was about to say. Yeah. And, you know, maybe, maybe we had it right to where you have to sit out and nobody's going to like it because, um, because free will in America, you can't tell somebody that they can't play. I get that, but uh, there's got to be some consequences to just going from one place to another. And let's be honest, college football is professional business. It's professional sports. Uh, you know, you don't have this in any other professional sport. Um, and so it, they got to figure out a way that. You know, it just can't be anybody goes anywhere for any amount of money whenever they feel like it. You have to have something in place. And yeah, like I said, it's going to it's going to benefit the teams with the most money. And that's probably the teams that um, that are already at the top. They have enough money. They have some boosters with some deep pockets, uh, you know, kind of surprising that teams like Texas A&M, or Oklahoma haven't really been more movers and shakers because there's a ton of money that goes there. But yeah, I don't know. Just just Dude. because you get uh, recruits and you get transfers, it doesn't mean you're going to win anything. No, so, no, it doesn't. And that way, that in that way, it is baseball to where yeah, we can all go crazy in the off season that this team on paper is stacked, but the Yankees and the Dodgers don't win every single year. No. So, but and, yeah. and there's a 12 team playoff, so it's going to be that's, harder than ever to win a championship. That's what I was going to ask you. I was like, do you think it's going to change because we got the 12 team playoff now? Well, what change? Just like the transfer portal and the way things are moving here, because you know beforehand, you know you only got four teams getting in. That was it. Now that there's multiple teams getting in, you know, do you see like the transfer portal kind of slowing down a little bit from guys? trying to get on that, you know, playoff train 
uh, you know, I'm like a guy from Cincinnati. Cincinnati can make the playoffs, right? You know, he doesn't have to jump ship and go to, let's just say, Penn State or something of that nature. He doesn't have to jump ship to do that now that we got the expanded playoffs down to 12. You know, because with the top four, it was kind of hard to be get into the top four. It opens the door a little bit to uh to like these mid major schools, but still I, I think you, you only get one, maybe two at most, but I think probably more than likely just one every single year. So yeah, I don't think that changes a whole lot. But um it's gonna be interesting to see uh to see how this transforms and how this morphs into uh modern college football because yeah, right now it's, you know, maybe this offseason is a little different than the ones to come because Nick Saban, a legend, lost left Alabama. Now all these Alabama kids who want to play for Nick Saban are fleeing. And, yeah. like, Ohio State got three of these guys. Um, and then Michigan with, uh, with Jim Harbaugh, you know, n- not knowing whether he's going, whether he's staying, hard to commit to uh, – to a guy that uh that you think is probably going to the NFL in two months and you know so a lot of people didn't want to commit to that but like I've said the last couple of weeks I think I think the best quarterbacks are going to want to get out of college football unless you're a lifer uh the Lincoln Riley <clears throat> Mac Brown Dabo Sweeney uh guys like that I think uh are staying Kirby Smart is probably never going to the NFL or anything like that but just how much do you want to put up with uh with these new rules and yeah, man, just no. babysitting these kids now more than ever. Look at you getting old man. Get off my lawn. Look at you with your hose out there spraying these kids. That that's what that's what it is. I mean, yeah. Hey, hey, Billy, are you feeling good? Do you feel like you're getting enough playing time? Are you getting enough money? I know you you see an opening at this other school and they're promising you the moon and stars. And you might be mad at me, your girlfriend's transferring, and you want to go to this school, and, and there's nothing I can do. And so uh, it's going to be every offseason like this. And the transfer portal might become more important than recruiting because yeah. you can recruit all these guys. Like I said, with uh, with Quinn Ewers, and the, the, you get real excited about them. They never see the field. Right, we'll see what happens with college football. I, I'm just kind of – it's not that I'm a loss for words. I'm just I'm more curious to see what happens in the near future with it, especially with the NIL money and everything else. Um, but at the end of the, at the end of the day, it is football. People yes. have their allegiances to their schools, and so come the fall, I don't think it's going to matter. And you know, like some people say, when the NFL was going through their players kneeling and all this, people are like, well, you know. Maybe they'll lose popularity. I don't think it affects the popularity of the sport at all. I don't think college football is going to start going down the tubes or anything like that. Come the fall, everybody will buy back in. You'll get behind these kids that you've been hearing about for nine months, how great they are, and you'll start convincing yourself that your team's really good again. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right, bud. All right, buddy. You ready to get into this Fat Boy Thursday? Sure thing. And it's time for Fat Boy Thursday. And there we go with the sounder. Love that sounder, Brian. It sounded great, right? Sounded great. All right. Fat Boy Thursday, Brian, I need to bring up a question to you. And it was brought up to me uh, because I was raised this way. I was raised to be 
proper etiquette at a dinner table, especially if you're out at a restaurant. Right? Are table manners out of date? No, not completely. I don't think so. I think you'd still have manners at the table. Now, you know, I think I think back to uh, Borat, the movie where where he goes to the um, the school of not manners. What do they call it? I can't remember right now. But uh, school of etiquette. Where, etiquette. Yes, thank you. Um, to where you have to do this, and your this fork is here, and that fork is there, and. This is how you politely do this. I think some of that has, yeah, fallen by the wayside, but I don't know. Maybe it's just me being an old man. I still value manners. I still appreciate when people say, you know, please do this. Thank you for that. And, you know, excuse me. Yeah, maybe I'm old school, but yeah, definitely manners still still have high value in my mind. Well, and I I was just curious because a lot of people – Right now, in day and age, aren't going out to eat as much. You know, like the chain restaurants are kind of starting to slim down. You know, like Applebee's, all that kind of stuff. You know, that you used to go to all the time for meal. Now people are starting to cook it from home or these new pop-up places that, are, you know, everything's kind of starting to switch and turn. And like with my kids, you know, I'm trying to teach them, you know, when you go into a restaurant, when you sit down, napkin goes on your lap. Not on your shirt, not anywhere else. It goes on your lap. When you're eating and you're cutting your food, you set your knife down on a certain side of your plate. You use your fork, you use your spoon, you know, that kind of stuff. I don't, I haven't broken down like the six different forks where you have your shrimp fork, your salad fork, your lobster fork. You know, I haven't broken it down to that point. But like, I still see people not even doing that half the time when we're out to eat. And it's just like, I and especially the the please and thank you. Like I know it's the server's job to serve you food. You don't have to be a dick. You know, they're not the ones cooking you the food. They're not the ones being, you know, I, people have bad days, I get it. But I actually got a compliment from a server when we were down in Florida for a vacation because my kids were out, please, thank you. You know, would you like another drink? Thank you. Uh, I would love to. Thank you. Bring it back. Thank you again. Can I please have some more tea? You know, that kind of stuff. And I don't even hear that. Like, can I get a tea? It's like, like, come on. Can you see, at least say please? Like, is it that hard to say please or thank you to somebody? No, it's not. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, a lot of that falls on the parents' shoulders. Um, you know, you got to just drill it into their head. You can't say thank you enough you can't say please enough you can't say i'm sorry enough um you know some people yeah they get thick skinned they get strong-headed they they don't want to admit when they're wrong they don't want to they feel like maybe they're um you know like second fiddle or something if if they say oh thank you oh please and it just it drives me nuts um yeah if somebody's making the effort to be kind to you you should be kind back to them. Now, if somebody's openly being trying to be a jerk to you, then yeah, screw them. I, I understand that, but uh, but you know, some people say, "Well, you have to earn my respect." No, for me, you have to. Uh, you know, I will give you my respect until you show me that you're not deserving of it back. So yeah, like, don't be a dick to me, and I won't be a dick to you. Right. 
your dick. Yeah, okay. Uh, I probably just will not. I'm not going to be a jerk back to you. I'm just not going to talk to you. Uh, you know, you go over there. You know, it'll be our interactions will be very short. Now, have you ever been to one of those proper dinners where they got all the forks and spoons and everything? <laughs> be honest. I'm drink. I'm drinking bush light here. What do you think? N- not once. You haven't taken Ashley out to one of those dinners. Nothing. I mean, you've gone to nice restaurants. I haven't been, you know, uh, ordering caviar or anything. Uh, you know, nice restaurant is like a, a steak for 50 bucks or something like that. But no, we're not running up $200, $300 tabs no, here. I, I'm not talking. I'm talking like a legit, like, how can I explain it? I'm not saying you haven't gone to nice restaurants. I'm not saying you haven't. No, no, right. No, I'm saying there's nice restaurants and then there's like really nice Really expensive restaurants. No, we've never gone to those. Okay. You got to try. Where we're right. ordering $500 bottles of wine or something. Well, and also, Not- like, when you get when you order your food and it comes out the size of, like, a, a crab shell that's only, like, this big, and you're just like, how's that supposed to fill me up? The biggest waste of money I could possibly imagine if you order a four-ounce filet and pay... $90 for it or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God my wife doesn't like that because I have zero interest in ever. That sounds like hell to me. By the way, I do have to give you guys, you and uh, the wifey kudos. I saw the Facebook video when you guys did the um, telling her mom about the uh, the little one coming. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. One. yeah. I have never seen somebody so happy. And she even looked at you. She's like, are you serious? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, that was Ashley's doing. That was her idea for a while. And I'm like, yeah, I'll take the video. And yeah, oh, she was blown away. I'm sure she's been expecting it for a while. But uh, but yeah, pure joy. All right. Well, that's our Fat Boy Thursday. Tune in next week as we're probably talking Super Bowl foods next week, right? Because that's what we like to do. Um, let's get into our top three and then close out the show, buddy. Here we go. All right. Our top three tonight is favorite pops or sodas. And let's just say favorite pops because soda is the wrong word. Um, Bri, what is your top three favorite pops? All right, number three, I had uh, Mountain Dew, and I almost use it more as like an energy drink. I just, it may not be the case, but for whatever reason in my head, I think Mountain Dew has more caffeine than the other ones. So when I'm really dragging, when I really need a little pick-me-up, I go to the Mountain Dew. I try not to do it too much, but um, yeah, it's more more for the caffeine than the taste or anything like that. And then um, my number two, I'll say orange soda. I don't have it nearly enough, um, but whenever I do, I enjoy it. Uh, so very refreshing. Um, a lot of pops and everything, anything are almost too sweet for me anymore. So what I'll do is I'll kind of really put a bunch of ice in there and just let let it melt a little bit. So it kind of waters it down a little um so yeah orange soda number three uh number two and then number one it, it's just kind of always been around we always used to have it when i was a kid and i grew up on it it's just a regular coke pepsi's fine too but uh but more specifically a coke all right now i got an honorable mention 
uh, because we've been talking about it. Now, Bri, I don't. I think you're old enough for this, and I want to make sure that you are. Honorable mention, Surge. Do you remember <laughs> Surge? I do. I remember it. I don't remember what it was. Was it, it like was Mountain almost, Dew? It was like Mountain Dew, but a hopped up version of Mountain Dew. Like meaning uh, more caffeine. It was just like a different taste. Like you know how Mountain Dew has a taste. It's almost. If you think about it, it was like Mountain Dew mixed with Coca-Cola kind of thing. Like it had a different really? taste to it than Mountain Dew. But hey, <laughs> growing up, that was the you know that was the thing. That shows how old I am, right there. Surge. I remember uh, hearing about it. Jolt. Wasn't that oh, the other Jolt, one? Jolt was another one? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We came we came up with some great stuff. Now this is before energy drinks, obviously. Uh, sure. Those were energy drinks. Uh, mm -hmm. Number three for me, Bry. Um, I'm going to kick it with Wild Cherry Pepsi for my number three. Now, being specific, okay. because I, my grandmother always had it in her house. That's what she drank all the time. And it was Cherry Pepsi. Love it today. Not Cherry Coke. Cherry Pepsi. Cherry Pepsi. All right, number two. And I am doing this for a reason. Fountain Coca-Cola. Not out of the bottle. Not out of the When you go to a fast food place and you get the Fountain Coca-Cola, for me, it just hits different, Brian. I don't know why, but that is my number two. And Any number... fountain? No, like I've I've heard oh, no. McDonald's Coke. is the fountain best. Coke. Okay, count fountain just, Coke. Just fountain Coke. Well, that's and that's everybody has them. Yeah, can I get a Coke with that cheeseburger? Can I get a Coke with it? No, not a diet Coke. I haven't got to that point yet, Bry. But you know, mm -hmm. um, number one for me is Mountain Dew, um, and the only reason not why it just I grew up on Mountain Dew. Go to Taco Bell, you get a Mountain Dew, um, you know, just anything like that, like especially during the summer. It For me, it, I know it was a lot sugary, but it didn't leave the during the summer, the aftertaste that some other pops have, especially if you're outside playing, you get that like the aftertaste of the Coke mm -hmm. and stuff like that. You know what I'm mm -hmm. talking about? So that's yep. my number one. Um, let's nice. finish off our trivia, Bry. Mm -hmm. Our trivia today, which is brought to you by City Dogs Cleveland, please go adopt a city dog today. Trivia was horseradish was the first commercially packaged and sold by which company? Condiment company. Yeah, I went with uh, Heinz. And you are correct. Really? All right. You are correct. Heinz. Was and it, the other one was Pittsburgh based company, so I had to keep that out of there because that just made it easier. Heinz bottled horseradish before anything else. Okay, nice. so how awesome is that? Do they still make uh Heinz horseradish? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, do they? It's not as good as the Amish horseradish, though. You go down and get you some Yoder's horseradish, that's oh, a different okay. kind of horseradish, buddy. That oh, I know the Yoder's make a good uh French onion dip, uh, yeah, they do. And, you know, when your grandfather says, son, this Yoder's horseradish put hair on your chest. I thought he was lying for the longest time, which I still think he is, but it'll put hair on your chest. It'll clear up some sinuses, that horseradish. Let's will. see it. Let's see the, let's see the horseradish hair. Uh, no. <laughs> Not happening. Flashes. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you guys for tuning in to Legal Ham the Face. Uh, we want to thank our troops and first responders for everything you guys do. Thank you guys so much letting us allow do the show uh, for what you guys do. I can't thank you enough. I want to thank City Dogs. I want to thank Harold Keel and Lake Erie APA. 
want to thank Network 216. Um, other than that, Brian, that's all we got. Why don't you God bless them? Yep. God bless you. God bless America. All right. Thank you guys so much for watching. We are Legal Ham in the Face. See you next Thursday.